So good to see each of you on this day after Christmas. If we went into your house, does it still look a little war-torn? You probably, like our house there for a moment yesterday, you couldn't get a pass through one part to the next. You took your life in your own hands at times. But what a wonderful Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I want to just thank the deacons for their help on Friday with the Christmas Eve service as they prepared the elements and, and uh, cleaned up afterwards and put out extra chairs. I just appreciate them taking that lead. Um, and I, I, I hope that you had a blessed Christmas. As I thought of ours, I, one of the things I like to do uh, at Christmas is to watch the grandkids, to watch the kids. Uh, they're all different, aren't they? I was watching the two that we have, and, you know, we all know Grant. He makes himself known. Um, and uh, now Kathy has a stocking for him each year, you know. Now, I'm not talking regular stocking. I'm talking one from the floor, maybe up to here, you know, jumbo size. So they decided they were going to open the stockings first. So, you know, Grant got his, Owen got his. Now, Grant the youngest one, took the stocking, immediately flipped that thing upside down and dumped them all out. You know, so he had everything in front of him. Owen laid his stocking right there, would grab one, take it out, work on that one a while, and if it really caught his interest, like one time he pulled one out, it was a book. He just stopped, started reading his book, you know. 20 minutes later, he might continue, you know, getting, getting a prayer. And now Grant's already been through his and, and said, now, Owen, Owen, you still got more. You know, he was going to help Owen out, you know. But uh, he, he didn't, you know, but isn't that some of the wonders of Christmas is we watch kids and we watch grandkids. And, you know, even adults have their ways of uh, opening and, you know, looking and observing what's going on and, in our world today, and the music that was sung this morning, you know, we still, I hope that you're still in that Christmas spirit. Notice the day after. But as we have mentioned the hope that Jesus has brought, and as we mentioned the joy that he is to this world, and the peace that he brings, let's not forget about his love. His love. There's a verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and we're going to look at a couple of verses, but in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God proved his own for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners. He showed his love for us. You know, as we look around the world today, at times it doesn't look very loving, does it, as we look at our world today. And I don't know about you, but people who truly embody the virtue of love seem to be in the minority these days. The virtue of love, think about that statement, the need to, to show unconditional love, have a, a positive impact on people. 
I know sometimes people say, well, preacher, it's just hard to have an impact, a positive impact on people. But as we think of the love that God gave to us and showed us, that unconditional love and, and the need for us to have a positive impact on people, yeah, it is in a minority today, but oh, what the need. The need of sharing love sharing love with other people, having an impact. And I hope that in this coming year, we would learn another lesson from our Lord God of the need to show or to embody the virtue of God's love in our lives. Sometimes we might say, well, preacher, I, I, I think I understand God's love. And I think God's love is something I don't think we will completely ever, completely ever understand it. But we should be striving to learn more and more. And, and how can we show love unless we, what, experience love? Have you experienced God's love lately? And maybe that's our prayer for this year. God, I need to experience your love so that it would change my life, but also so that I can be a messenger to others and share Love. Be an impact on people, not of me, but of you. You see, we've, we've learned today, I hope we have learned in the last few years, that from our society, politics and legislation will never change our hearts to be more loving. If we're waiting for the government to do it, it's not going to happen. If we're waiting for legislation to tell us we've got to love someone, not going to happen. Think about it. How can we be more loving? And as we think about the birth of Jesus Christ, we see a type of love that maybe even back then people didn't understand. And I believe that there's people today that still don't understand the love of Jesus Christ coming into this world. Now, be honest. How many of you know what a nativity Some of you are shaking your head. Some of you are giving that look. Nativity, a lot of times, is it, sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's uh, the manger, baby Jesus, right? Mary and Joseph, the shepherds. We still put those wise men in there, even though they wasn't there right then, but we got them in there. I was shared a story. A person gave someone as a gift, a nativity for their home. And they said, I don't know what this is. They didn't know what a nativity was. Now, we can look at that in a couple ways, but, but at the same time, it just shows us that people still don't understand the true meaning of Christmas, do they? And it's not just in a plastic or ceramic or rock, whatever this nativity scene is made of. It's not that, but it's the birth of Jesus Christ. We need to see that our hearts need to be more loving as we take on in this new year. But apart from love, humanity gradually erodes into a, a vicarious place of savagery. <laughs> Help me out, Jesse. Savagery. Savagery. Thank you. That's why he sits right there. <laughs> savagery. And even 
Well, those of you that are on Facebook and those of you that are in the social media and the platforms, have you been amazed what some people say and do on those? And, and some of it is just what cruel, mean-spirited. And in our world today, we say, well, I, I, I never thought our country would be that mean-spirited. But we are becoming a place of savage. Yeah, that's it. Are we becoming a nation that's leaving out love and become lovelessness? We don't love anymore. In Greek mythology, there's a character, character, I say character, Achilles in Greek mythology. One of the phrases he's quoted in saying, he said, we men are wretched things. We're wretched things. And, 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 and if we haven't put it together yet, we, we see that man, if left alone, most likely will what? Self-destruct, become loveless, become what? All these things if we are left alone. And that's why our God, who loved us so much, brought in his son. I want you to turn now to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what God was, sp what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. She, the virgin, will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. In our world today, I know we say we are ready or we are willing to listen to the voice of God. But if we're not in a love relationship with our God, I don't know if we'll hear his voice. I believe we need to be in that love relationship with God where we have strived and he has delivered and experienced the love that only he could bring. If we are striving to gain that love in our life through our Lord, through God, then I think we have a chance to share that with other people. You know, a lot of times people on the other end of us, you know, people said, you know, I am tired of hearing people's opinions. 
what they are not tired of is the truth that only God can bring. And when they see it, at first they might have their doubts, but when they see it and hear it and live it, or see it lived in us, it changes things, doesn't it? And so we find where our Lord God, God entered in this world. At the Christmas Eve service, I used the illustration of an event that took place at the, almost the end of World War II in the Battle of the Bulge and what took place in that. But some of us, through history and maybe through loved ones that we had in our homes and now they have passed that fought in that war. None of us was around then, but as we think about the invasion, if we as we think about that invasion, which is called D-Day, when American and British and Canadian, all these troops gathered and they went in and invaded Normandy. And invaded to do what? To bring freedom to the people that were under oppression, people that were being trapped and, and killed. This group went in to set them free. But it cost, didn't it? It cost a lot of men their lives on that day and many to follow. And some say, well, the, the cost is too high. But if that invasion hadn't taken place, our world might be different today. What if Jesus, what if God hadn't sent his son into this world to bring in him, bring him into this world? Some call it an invasion. I don't know if I would go that far, but some would say it's an invasion where God brought in his son. But if you're going to bring in something new, how would you do it? If you're going to bring in something new, Preston, have you ever, have you ever gone to the Detroit or New York car shows when they bring in the new cars? You ever had that privilege? All right. Just West Palm. All right. Philly? Chicago. When they have a new car or a new brand or a new... Did they put any... Focus on that. Oh, yeah. They'll spend what? They'll spend money, fist after fist of money to promote that new product. And when it comes out, I mean, it is as shiny. What? It is no blemish. I mean, there were probably people, you know, doing the last-minute touch-up. So that would, the lights would be perfect, and it would hit that car, and it would just, there's a way to present things. But how did God enter this world? God entered through his son, Jesus Christ. And I think in the video, is, you know, God said, okay, I'm going to flip this thing upside down. I'm not going into the top. I'm going in at the bottom. I always thought that was interesting. We find where God brought in his son, Jesus Christ, the one that we talked about in Matthew chapter 1, and where the angel reminded Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He went into the lowly. He went in, I don't know if you would say it, but a term we could recognize, did, did he go on the wrong side of the tracks? Did he go into the 
well, you know, if I'm picking again you, that would not have been it. But again, it shows why he came. It shows that God's love came into this world and it came for us undeserving sinners, sinners such as you and me. You know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, yes, preacher, our Lord came for those, for those undeserving sinners, pointing away from us to other people, aren't we? Are we those undeserving sinners? We are. I know we don't like that sometimes. But we are those undeserving sinners. And, and, and we need to see that God loved us so much that he brought his son. Jesus was born a baby. He was fully God and fully human and lived on this planet for three decades. Physically lived for three decades. Think back. What was, what, what was one of his main themes? Love one another, wasn't it? There was many, but love one another was one of those themes. And even their enemies and even those that were against them, Jesus showed his disciple and he said, look at me. I want to emulate. I want you to emulate what I am doing. I want you to see what's in me and to show the love that is around. Maybe this was Jesus entrance into the world. Maybe it was a penetration into this world to save us from our own wickedness or our wretchedness. This morning, I know a lot of times we say, well, preacher, we're, we're good. Are we really? If we've never accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then, then we are in, we're fooling ourselves. We think we are okay, but we're not. In John 3, 16 and 17, no, I'm sorry, uh, in Romans, going back to Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, it says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person. Perhaps someone might even dare to die, but God proved his own love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for sinners. Not good people. He died for sinners. And we are reminded in Romans chapter 3 where it says, We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. Now I know people that have told me that they were offended by that statement. When you say, we need a Savior, I mean Jesus Christ. There are people who say, I don't need a Savior. I'm doing what I need to do for my life. What is that? Selfishness? Pride? Do you? Do, do, do we need a Savior? Amen. And, and I think a lot of times we, we, we forget that. We think, well, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm not robbing banks, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that. And, and, and people will come into your place of business, and they'll feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But they still need a Savior. Sinless perfection. 
Here's another question. Are we holy? Are we holy? You went to the Christmas Eve service Friday night and you're back here today. You, you must be holy. How does one get holy? Not pills that you take. I'm going to get my holy pills. Or if you send some evangelist $5, he'll send you a little thing and you'll be holy. If you sprinkle it on the right places and get the little white rag, you're going to be holy. Not, right? You see, our Lord Jesus Christ, our God, seeks sin, sinless perfection. We need to be made holy. That's what Hebrews 12, 14 is talking about. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. No one. I won't, you won't, unless holiness has come upon us. And the only way to have holiness to come upon us is a relationship with Jesus Christ and stating publicly, I need a Savior and I've accepted him. Holiness. We need to believe in him. If we believe in him, we shall not perish. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. God sent his Son. And what did he do? He saved us from a broken story and made us part of a better story. In Ephesians, we are reminded that the greatest gift ever given at Christmas was the gift of God's own Son, the gift of salvation. This morning, begin to be thinking, have you ever asked for the gift of salvation? Have you received this gift of salvation? Because we all need that. If we're going to be in the presence of God, we need a Savior. What happens when you and I experiencing challenging situations? You can fill in the blank. Or what about when relationships are difficult? Or when you're going through a period where it is hard to exemplify the love of Jesus? Because Satan is just attacking you and you, you feel that bitterness starting to rise up in you. What do we do when there's challenging situations? What do we do when there's difficulties in relationships? What do we do when we're sitting in a hospital by ourselves and our loved one is in surgery? Are we willing to lean into the grace of God and to say, God, I need a Savior? I need your son. Our God entered this world through a child in a manger. People who were innocent, people who were not high on the food chain, they got a visit from God. They learned what faith was. They experienced something that they thought in their lifetime they would never experience. But God began with them. 
you know, I know a lot of times people say, well, you know, if the preacher invites more people to the church, there'll be more people here. But you know what? I believe that if you invite the people you work with that know you, they'll come. And, 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 and we need to see that sharing that love, sharing that love with the people around us, having an impact, not in our own will, but sharing God's love. Let's not forget, on D-Day, there was a great invasion that changed the course of that war and brought peace for what we knew at that time. God came some God came to his son some 2,000 years ago, and a change started. And we've had a lot of different events happen in this world, but we need to continue, or as Tara made mention to in that song, we need to be the messengers. We need to be the messengers. If Who's going to share God's love with them if we don't? We need to share with them God's love. Let's pray. As Christian Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, I thank you, Lord, for a message to remind us that you came for us so that we could experience your love and receive the Savior that we need. Lord, I'm grateful for what you've done in my life and what you're doing in others, Lord. Bless them. We ask this in your son's name. Invite you to.